This is the Brewing Network's Brewing with Style, hosted by Jamil Zanishev and Mike Tasty McDole, along with special guest Jonathan Plise. Now, here's Jamil. Hey, howdy, hey, my Brewing brothers and sisters. Hey, peeps, what's up? Oh, another fine day in the studio. Not fine day everywhere. I noticed uh, today's uh, news that said 49 states have snow on the ground. Is that possible? Hawaii? Uh, yeah. Which one uh, does in Hawaii? I guess oh, it's snow in Hawaii a couple yeah, months they, ago. They get actually, them, yeah. them high peaks there. They get some oh, snow. Oh, okay. Maybe it counts. I don't, maybe they got some of that. Didn't it go through there? In fact, didn't we? Was yeah. it just like a river that ran over Hawaii or something? Yeah. <laughs> um, Arizona, maybe? I don't, I don't know. What state uh, besides Hawaii? Which one doesn't? Whatever. Doesn't, Arizona. 49 is a lot of states. Let's call it New Mexico and Arizona. Uh, New Mexico's got them higher hills, too. Uh, I don't know. Arizona's got some some peaks. Florida? Florida. Florida. Oh, Florida. Probably Florida. Yeah, Florida. Florida. There's no... That's like a wet armpit yeah, right there. It's, that's, wet, it's just wet and soggy. Like yeah, that, that, yeah. Yeah. They don't get any snow out there. They don't deserve any snow, to be that's completely right. honest with no, you. That's, there you that's really that's the one. Yeah. <laughs> Tasty, you've got uh, some trips coming up. Going to uh, yeah. Ireland? I'm going to Ireland in April, but I think in March I'm going to uh, the Pacific Northwest Homebrewers Conference. Oh, where's that? In Seattle. Uh-huh. Well, Seattle area, I think it's in. Uh-huh. Some other little burb around there. Yeah, yeah. that's going to be fun. Yeah. Then uh, what else is going on uh, I'm speaking at the uh, Greenbelt Brewers Association. Greenbelt on the 17th, I think, or something. Uh huh. This month, that's gonna be fun. That's Where, cool. Where's that? Uh, Davis. Davis. Okay. Mm-hmm. Davis guys. Good guys. Although they've had a meeting at uh, Heretic. I'm just saying. <laughs> We're serving the same crowd here. I mean, really. Right, right. Yeah. Heretic's closer for you than Davis. Well, they don't have to go there, and you know. And when they go we, there, they get free beer. I think we meet at uh, at uh, Sudbury. When they right. Meet at, so. They got heretic. They get free. You got beer, a nice I'm classroom saying. there. I get up in front. They listen. They're good guys. Real polite. Free beer and heretic. You know, I'm full of shit, of course. Free Just beer, saying. huh? Yeah. Well, they have homebrew. That's like free. People bring a lot of homebrew. Yeah. Homebrew club meeting. I love that format. They're awesome folks. They are good. I love those guys. Um. <coughs> um. What do you gonna speak on? I'll probably do my fast logger uh, uh-huh. talk. Uh-huh. I noticed it's like uh, Denny's taking it and ran with it. I don't know. It's like uh, I woke him up to it. Now he's like, it's his big thing. <laughs> yeah, this is um, the Narcissus uh, fermentation. Yes. Yes. Very common thing. I was, I was, I was actually, I think I was at the, the garage uh, incarnation of the Brewing Network. And I was sitting on the couch in the back, and I, I don't think I was even on the show. I think I was mm-hmm. uh, Sully was there, and people were up there, and this group hub had called in and said how they were uh, putting out pilsners in two weeks, like they do their eels. And it's what, like, I've never done a logger. I, but I, this is my answer to everything. I was talking about this very thing on the Brewing Network. Yeah. Early on. Yeah. Yes. No, uh, Narcissus fermentation. No. I was big on that. It's the, I mean, I've, you know, I've, I did a collaboration with uh, Alameda Island Brewing, and it just tastes great. It tastes fine. It's like a, it tastes like a, you know, 
I can't say it tastes well, like lager because it has been lager. Well, it's all about controlling your fermentation uh, yeah. parameters. Right. So, you know, early on, you start off low to control some of your cogeners of uh, later, yeah. since I'm getting into distilling, uh, cogeners oh, for oh. later later flavor sure. uh, development. And, um, <clears throat> and then... You try and eliminate them towards the end yeah. as well with, you know, the, the profile at the end with the rapidly rising and yeah. falling, falling nutrients and then the yeast still active and they'll suck up, you know. It's all the diacetyl. There's no any reason yeah. to have a four-week uh, laborious 32-degree diacetyl uh, go. consumption mode when you can do it in the last uh, 24 hours. Right. Yeah, I don't know. I still don't know about that. Try the beers. Well, we I you brought them in one time. Make... Remember when? We yeah, did we that did. I remember show. me and Doc did the same. And nobody. Well, I I didn't. I liked the lager better. <laughs> I we were like four three. I would. Nobody make... had a like a preference. I mean, they're both really good. I would make best uh, of show <laughs> lagers. I don't know about that. With you know seven days, ten days tops, yeah. and ready to go. Yeah, I, I, I mean, it's, it's pH, it's fermentation, you know, it, it's pitching rates, it's fermentation profile. Low, and low ester. That's it. Low ester beer. I'd love to try a good one. I've never, I've honestly never had a fast ferment lager that. Well, we're talking, you don't we're know talking fast. You don't know in, necessarily. In that we're talking, That's probably true. you know, seven to point. ten days. Yeah. Uh, you can make ales in, you know, three to four. Yeah. That's true. Uh, yeah. T- no, Tasty's right. To my knowledge, I haven't. Mm-hmm. I haven't had it. Well, and you know, uh, you can you can do you can add a, a few extra days onto that and still make a you they, know. Yeah. And you could yeah. lager it if you want, but again, <laughs> it's just like you know, a waste of time. The way the way That's that people funny, the lager yeah. below forty degrees, the yeast are not active. Right. That's one of the things. Yeah. Exactly. But yeah, there you go. Whatever is, if you feel like you need to, good. You got the tank space and the time and the BTUs and the mm-hmm. extra transfers to get it off of the uh, yeast so it doesn't get uh, autolysized and stuff like that. Go for it. Well, I'll tell you where to find great lager yeast. Oh. Our good friends at White Labs, WhiteLabs.com. So I don't know if you've seen the the vault yet. Have you seen the vault, you guys? I've seen the web page. I haven't seen the physical uh, vault. I, Right. <laughs> is it like a bank building looking thing or what? It is. Uh-huh. It is big, big locks. I like locks. Mm-hmm. No, I've definitely seen the website. I saw where they promoted one recently. A giant bolt that slides inside the receiver. I like sliding even better. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, you have. It's a collection of yeast strains that White Labs has been curating for more than twenty years. They've been collecting different yeast strains yeah, for over the twenty donkey years. Balls. Get yeast from everywhere. It's like it's all banked there. You can get the donkey ball yeast yes. apparently. Yes. <laughs> As if you don't know that, right? Uh, that, we just have that to vote weekend, it in. That weekend in Tijuana, yes. Chris was uh, there with Swab when the donkey was doing its thing. He's like, I Going bet you there's tube. yeast there. I bet. <laughs> Hold on, man. Hold on. <laughs> uh, excuse me. Stored. I'm gonna I'm gonna collect some yeast off the balls here. Uh, some of these yeast strains have never been available. Why does anybody? Advertising the show. I don't know. Uh, some of these yeast strains have never been available until now. Uh, visit whitelabs.com slash the vault to check out the current list and pre-order the strain you want released. Once uh, there are 250 pre-orders, the strain will go into production. 
help release the yeast, visit whitelabs.com slash the vault. So what this is, is you go to whitelabs.com slash the vault. They have presented a collection of yeast that they have. It's not the donkey ball yeast. Because that didn't give quite the right flavor. Well, if it gets boats, it'll go in. But yeah, no, no. <laughs> they they go ahead and make like little test batches and go. Well, this is a really nice beer. Yeah. People should use this. Oh yeah, yeast. they actually do batches. And they can right. say this is this is yeast that they think make great makes great beer. Not you know something that it's like oh let's just use this crap. Yeah. No, they don't do that. They they want to make sure that any yeast you use is great. And so you go to the vault and you check this out, and then it's like oh. I've never heard of this. Oh, that sounds really interesting. Raccoon balls are much better, yes. Right. Sure. And you can vote for that. Yeah. And then uh, they get enough votes. They they make that yeast. Yeah. So you get your homebrew club. You get anybody. You know, get on social media and explain why everyone should be voting for this one yeast. And they get enough people that want the yeast. Right. They'll, they'll go ahead and make 250 batches, yeah. batches of it or, you know, little pouches of it uh, out of a big batch. Yeah. And there you go. You can and Google you can uh, White Labs Vault right now. And you can see what how things are going. You can see what's right. trending, right? Like right, 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 right. If they're like five or six short, go ahead and put right. yours in, and you'll be able to get that. Yeah. Right. I or think it's just whitelabs.com, the vault. Yeah. There yeah. you go. Even better. There you go. All right. So check that out at our good friends, uh, White Labs. All right. So today we have in studio, I have begged and pleaded our barrel program manager guy. It's rare to get him out of Chris Braden huh? to yes. come down huh? and talk about what he does in the barrel program huh? at Heretic. And it's, uh, you know, how he decides on what goes into what and blends and things like that. And he started out as a home brewer and ended up with a job. He has to work for you. So, well, (laughs) we'll we'll get to that. Everything everything sucks a little bit. We'll get a few more beers and then we'll get to that part. Right. But uh, we wanted to hear from him how he got the job, what he does in his job. And how he makes like killer blends of barrels and decides on what's going where and or whatnot. I think it's very interesting. You can hear all of it right after this. Hey guys, what'll it be? I'm not sure. What do you recommend? A lot of people seem to like the Hefeweizen. Is that a German Hefeweizen or more of an American style wheat beer? I'm not sure, but I can give you a taste. Okay, great. Great. The Cicerone Certification Program certifies and educates beer professionals in order to elevate the beer experience for consumers. Unfortunately, not every bar is staffed with certified beer servers who can guide their customers through a beer list. Here you go, guys. Let me know what you think of the Hefeweizen. Oh, yeah. That's definitely more of an American meat. But I can hardly tell because this beer just smells like sour butter. I wonder how long it's been since they cleaned the draft lines. Yeah, and look at the bubbles on the side of the glass. It's filthy. Somebody should tell these guys about the Cicerone program. For sure. How about we head somewhere else for another beer? Your server should give beer the same respect you do. Request quality. The Cicerone Certification Program offers four levels of beer certification, in-person classes, and course books for beer professionals. Check them out at Cicerone.org. The Cicerone Certification Program. We know beer. Your support of the Brewing Network means everything to us. We couldn't produce shows without you. And we love giving you something extra for that support, like... 
Brew Your Own magazine. You already know it's a great brewing magazine full of recipes, equipment how-tos, discussions of beer styles, and brewing techniques. Whether you're new to brewing and just starting out or you're an old pro, you'll always learn something from the articles in Brew Your Own. Plus, there are amazing special issues like plans for building a Brutus 10 system, 250 classic clone recipes, and the Home Brewer's Answer Book. Brew Your Own magazine and BYO.com are awesome resources for any brewer. Whether for yourself or as a gift, when you subscribe or resubscribe from the Brewing Network homepage, you directly support programs like this. Get a great magazine and support the Brewing Network. Subscribe to Brew Your Own right from the BrewingNetwork.com. Now back to Brewing with Style. All right, we're back. All right. Chris. Yes. Chris Braden. Yeah, so you were sitting here how long ago? A year ago? Close to a year and a half, I think. A year and a half? Yeah. Oh, almost two years? Yeah. And uh, you had come. You were... You were uh, Come from Cleveland to to work the uh, the new Levi Stadium in, in for the San Francisco 49ers, That stadium, yep. that's your expertise, your regular day job, yep, yep. and you uh, exhibited uh, excellent uh, tasting skills that matched mine, and I was impressed. And um, which is a huge compliment coming from you, right? <laughs> and and so uh, I guess that's how you got the job, right? Yeah, that and a willingness to work cheap. Yeah. It's a hallmark of, yeah. of how we do things at Heretic. Yeah. Basically just come in on weekends to start and at least try to monitor and track and create some sort of a database on all the barrels that we mm-hmm. had. And I mm-hmm. think when I started, we had maybe 50 or so barrels, and now we're up to over 500, I think. Wow. Yeah. Around, I think, 530. So. Yeah, we got at least 400 of the wine barrels, and we got to be closing on 200 yeah, of the bourbon barrels. We're at 161 on the bourbon barrels. Oh, wow. Active oh. barrels. So, wow. Yeah, we're well, getting there. That was one of the things that, uh, you know, talking to you, you know, one was your, your palate and, and how our palates were very simpatico, I thought. But the other was your ability to... You know, organize data and track things and manage information. I, I think that that's very important in a uh, barrel program because, like you're saying, here's it's like having 530 children. And, <laughs> you know, which one needs to go to soccer practice on which day is kind of what you're tracking, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, so, some are definitely further along than others. Mm-hmm. and. I mean, it could be the same batch of beer, but one barrel is just progressing quicker. One's lagging behind. One's JPing in a little bit. <laughs> yeah, but uh, but yeah, it's it's been a good experience. Learned a lot so far, and it's been a lot of fun. Right. So I pretty much threw you into the job <laughs> from the beginning. I'm like, all right, come down. What did I tell you? Come down and taste the barrels every week, and you know, write your notes down. And you know, you've progressed from there, though. You, you—that's what you started doing, yeah. and you helped uh, rehydrate barrels. I know we we were there, uh, you know, <clears throat> handing hot water to barrels to get them to seal up and things like that. But uh, now I, I I see you more 
suggesting, well, uh, let's blend, you know, twenty percent of this and forty percent of that, and this will be a this will be a great beer. Um, I mean, how did you, you know, to talk to us about, uh, you know, how you get started, what what it was like when you got started, you know, how you've progressed since then, you know, how you decide on, you know, blends, things like that. Okay, so basically, whenever I'm there tasting, I'm mainly looking for off flavors to mm-hmm. start mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. in barrels you'll have a lot of oxidation mm-hmm. sometimes some acetic acid in the sours mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, acetone that kind of thing um, and then obviously we're not going to throw something in that's got an initial off flavor right that, so that some of these it tastes so, bad so we're not afraid to dump beer if we have right. to and, so something I, tastes like vinegar or tastes like you know nail polish remover you flag those and say no, not not for That's mixing it. A dumper. At some breweries, I know, like we'll say, well, we got ten barrels of this beer that doesn't have this acetone sort of character. Mm-hmm. We can always we can throw a half a barrel of this other stuff in there to get rid of it. Mm. You guys don't do that, evidently. No. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's one thing I'm passionate about is if something tastes bad, just dump it. Yeah. Let's not try and blend it into something that does taste great. Sure. And that's built into a barrel program. You don't put up 12 barrels of beer thinking, oh, we're going to get 12 barrels of product. No, no, no. Right. Hey, Chris, I mean, what, how do you view that? I mean, how have you been looking at that in the blends and stuff? I mean, as far as the blends go, I try to keep as much of that out as I can. And I'm, I'm basically going in. I mean, one person trying to taste through 500 barrels is tough, so I try to rotate through the barrels each weekend when I come in and taste different right. things each time and basically write down my tasting notes on the, the tag we have on the outside of the barrel just to get a log of what it's tasting like at certain points in its lifespan. And, I mean, the good stuff obviously goes into the final blend. The bad stuff gets thrown away. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, so... I'll tell you from my end, um, I used to have to taste all the barrels. And it's a lot of work, and I've got a lot of other work to do. I enjoy mm-hmm. tasting the barrels, but, uh, I mean, hey, you got the job. It's one, you've got a great demeanor. You're just you're just like a nice guy that you're not, like, demanding or weird or anything. You're just like Gosh. a normal <laughs> guy. He's, that, he's reasonably, uh, <laughs> you yeah. know. And then, and you're then, nothing like Jamil is. Exactly. That's what he's saying. And then, you know, we were there was a show By the way, where we were going through and we were doing a, a brewing with style or something, right? Yeah, where Belgian specialty. Category. Belgian specialty. And you brought some beers <laughs> and everyone was tasting. And we had a, a full studio. It was like at least five people. And as we were going through, I was like, I totally disagree with what, you know, Porno Steve saying, or whoever it was. Maybe it was you, JP. That's easy to You would never disagree with John me. John Plissé was still here. And, and so each person was saying their things. So I'm like, no, disagree with that. This is the, the problem with what they're saying. And, you know, and going through around through the room. Came to, came to you, Chris, and you said all the things that I was thinking. One after the other. It was like... You were looking at my notes or something. I don't know. You were in my mind. <laughs> yeah, and that's you, what it is. You said exactly the same things I would have said about every beer. And I was blown away. I'm like, this dude right here, this guy's got, got a palate. This guy well, that's what you want, to have a right. guy that can do a This is somebody palate. I could trust with my beer. Well, 
And so that's how we started talking. I'm like, well, I like the guy already. And he's proven to me. And he, he wasn't, it wasn't like, well, here's your chance to prove to me. He didn't even know. And then we talked after that. I'm like, you've impressed me. You want this job that pays nothing as you <laughs> yeah. require a lot of work. And he's like, yeah. You got that nothing thing done good. Well, Palette's a big part of, the, of that job. I right, mean, I, right. It's hard to find somebody that you yeah. can trust. Well, not trust, just know the flavors and recognize yeah, them. Yeah, yeah. And then, again, trust that, you know, that you're in the same page. Yeah. Right, right. So that was huge. Yeah. That was huge. I was very happy huh? to, uh, you know, be able to do this with you. Yeah, for sure. Nice. And, uh, you well, know. Also, it's, it's someone to yell at. It's someone new to yell at. Have I ever yelled at you? Never. You've never yelled at me, no. No. Well, I wouldn't. Not yell, Then again, but, when I come in on the weekends... Usually on a Sunday. Right. Yeah, just the tap room folks. <laughs> um, yeah, I think it's uh, it's been interesting. So so your first – so one of his first things was to kind of organize and categorize and, you know, start recording some data on all this stuff versus just randomly having barrels filled with beer, what? which is very hard to – you know, when you, when you taste this stuff, if you can't keep notes – and know how things are progressing, you, you just don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Don't you know get, what to check. You don't know if you have it. Right, right, can't right. Say, well, how, last time I checked that batch of stout, well, you know, for, you forget you got these extra 10 barrels of stout. Mm-hmm. You might forget to check them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just, just, a, just as a relative, you said about 500 barrels. What, what did, can you, is that identify? I mean, is that how many, what, what inventory is that? What, what is that like? Uh, what do you have in under, under barrelage right now? We've got about 375 wine barrels wine? Okay. that are holding pretty much all sour beers. A lot of sour base going right now. Uh-huh. Um, but then we have a few random things and experiments we're trying on uh-huh. a few of the other uh, flagship beers. We've got some barrels. And, right. and then we've got about 161 bourbon barrels as of right now. So and That's where you put the stout? or the Yeah, stout. It's mainly torment. the stout, got- which is... The incubus, the torment turned out fantastic. Yeah. So we we brew a beer called Torment, which mm-hmm. is a people are asking about it all the time. Belgian strong dark. Yeah. It's a great Belgian strong dark. We kind of had this idea. It's like, well, we had these extra bourbon barrels that we got, and we didn't want them to go dry. It's like, well, what do we put in? And we put we put the torment, we put grave, and do we put some evil twin in there too? Yeah, there were a couple twin, right? You put anything else in there? I think that was it. You just, this is an experiment. This is like a, no. We're like, well, screw it. I don't want this try. barrel going dry. I see. We got this cheap ass beer. I mean, really good beer. And we're going to put <laughs> happy <laughs> beer in a whiskey barrel. Well, the torment. I, with this crap. I had tried the torment before in bourbon barrels, and I didn't get anything that was good. Uh. And so we tried it again. And Chris was saying, "What were you saying about the the torment initially?" Initially, it was lacking the vanilla character that you get mm-hmm. from from bourbon barrels, and it was really light on the bourbon. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. I mean, we ended up just leaving it in there for an extended period of time this time around, and then right. we also used some b- bourbon-soaked char just right. to kind of mm-hmm. spike the bourbon flavor. And the so, the when they empty a bourbon bit. barrel, there's a lot of pieces of the barrel that flake off and settle to the bottom. Sure, with the whiskey, the whiskey right. Yeah. So we can get those. Those flakes of of oh, char, right. yeah, um, and so we added some of that. And I, I'm telling you, Chris, people are raving about the the bourbon torment. They're just like, that's 
outstanding. Huh. And I, I think it turned now, out great. Char, this is a homebrewing question. Char versus like <laughs> oak cubes. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Would there be some reason to add one or the other, or, or a combination of both? Maybe. Why would mm. you? What would you get if you added cubes and char? I mean, you might get more of the vanilla. Yeah. Uh, from different kinds of toast of cubes. Okay. Um, just you know, there's certain toasts that expose more vanillin. Right. Um, the char. Char is actually really a lot of burnt matter, right? It's burnt. It's like yeah. it looks like charcoal. Yeah. Flakes of charcoal. Right. From the barrel when they set the barrel on fire, then they just scrape that off that's, and put that in the bag for you. Yeah, yeah, well, it's just you know very loose in the barrel, and then you know when they fill it up with liquid, it, yeah. it flakes off and right. falls to the bottom over time. Sure. And when they empty it, there's all this sludge in there, yeah. and they'll dump it out and extract the the whiskey off of it or the bourbon off of it, right. and that you know bit of uh, char. They'll bag it up, and a lot of them burn in their their barbecues. But we've talked them into, no, we deserve those because we're buying the barrels. We oh, need the char, too. Really? And so they've been fantastic in giving us a char. Nice. So, send them some beer back or something. Oh, oh we do. We do. Yeah, okay. But, yeah, the bourbon torment, I thought, turned out excellent. Wow. Um, and, and, and what about, uh, you know, how do you decide on... On blends. So you taste all these individual barrels, and some of them taste good, some of them don't. Sometimes I see in your report it says, you know, 20% this, 40% that. Um, how, are you, how are you coming up with these blends? Are you just, you imagine, or do you have uh, flavors in your mind? You know certain things have certain flavors, and you're thinking that's what it's missing. I mean, I think it all comes from doing a lot of tasting of barrel-aged beers. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm a member of the Brewery Society, so I get a lot of their barrel-aged beers, and they do a lot of interesting and complex blends with sours and bourbon going together and things like that. So I try to, uh, whenever we have something that's lacking a little bit, if maybe we, like, a, I know we had a couple grave barrels that mm-hmm. were in the bourbon barrels, and mm-hmm. they... They just seemed a little bit thin and lacking body, and so I tried blending the grave with one of the higher alcohol imperial stouts we had in barrels mm-hmm. and with sour grave that we had in the, the wine barrels mm-hmm. just to mm-hmm. kind of get an idea of what options we have, if we have any any yeah. other routes we could go with some of these. So there's a, a element of creativity mm-hmm. to it and mm-hmm. just trying things, seeing what works and what doesn't, but... Mm-hmm. For the most part, you're just looking for a complexity in what's going to put out the best final project. Product. Well, how are you? How are you confident in what you're suggesting that will cost us many thousands of dollars? <laughs> how are you confident that maybe 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 I'm using this show to find out? No, uh, it's a good interview. You're in review, dude. Right. How are you confident? Should we go into private that, session here? That. Uh, you know, what you're suggesting is a great beer, you know, that you know we want to have beers that are of the highest caliber, not just, well, this is okay. We want it to be great. We want every sip to be people going, oh, my God, that's fantastic. How are you sure that's happening? Just tasting. I mean, you taste everything. Make, well, there's times I when mean, I taste stuff, and I'm just like, 
I kind of lose track, and I'm just like, ah, I don't know at this point. Uh, yeah, maybe of, it's good, maybe it's not. I, I'm, I'm kind of overwhelmed. I can, only, I can only imagine myself as a, uh, a sour beer blender or a barrel beer uh, blender. And, you know, I wouldn't know where to start, so I would end up, like, just randomly mixing things together. Right. Or, uh, just, you know, thinking, like, well, what's this beer need? What's it need? It needs more of this or that. Uh-huh. Do I have that ingredient somewhere in my... But, like, you know, ten, 10 or 20 I, beers in, are you not saying to yourself, I'm not really sure well, no, I'm, that this I, is I, good I, anymore? I could never do that because I would not be sure. Right. Chris, Chris has the skills and the attention uh-huh. to do uh-huh. this, obviously. Keeping good records of what you're tasting each time and yeah. rotating right. yeah. through the barrels and right. and not just tasting it once, just repeatedly tasting what you think is a good barrel mm-hmm. over and over again just to confirm what you're tasting and make sure it's a, a candidate for the final blend so these these blends do you try them again before you you know say well that's that's the thing do you like try them one week and you're like well that seems really good in my notes and it's like when i come back next week i'm going to try that again just to make sure or do you just like oh fuck it i'll yeah, just send it out i don't really care <laughs> No, whenever I put something in in writing that says this is ready to package, I taste everything one uh-huh. final time one more before time. I send right. that email. Yeah. Well, that makes me feel good. <laughs> I take some most like, when I woke up at 3 in the morning, not being able to go back to sleep, I taste it again. Yeah. Well, right. I mean, you take breaks. Like, you're not tasting barrels all day, and then you and then that's it. Like, are you – or maybe you are. I don't I know. I mean, usually I, I – keep track of everything at the beginning of the shift, do any barrel maintenance work that needs done towards the beginning and middle of the shift, and then towards mm-hmm. the end of the shift, I'll start tasting. Just How many will you go through out of just a, your average normal tasting, like just checkup stuff? I mean, I would go through maybe 15 to 20 okay. at a time. And I mean, it's just maybe a half of a, yeah. a sample glass, and you're not even drinking the whole sample glass, just a do you have a the idea? So you have like a, a rough cap. Like you're not trying to go. Oh, I have 50 barrels to taste today. No, usually that would be in, too much. Yeah, usually I go in with a plan. Okay, I, I kind of yeah. know what's getting ready or to be packaged, ready for a final tasting. I know some of the sours. Like if it's getting close to 10 to 12 months in the barrel, those have got to be coming up and yeah, getting ready. So I've got a plan every time I go in there. Okay, cool. Yeah. Well, there you go. Then that doesn't seem like so much palate fatigue. I think I can keep no, track of fifteen. Number. Yeah, yeah. Uh, a lot of climbing, I assume, involved in doing this. Uh, <laughs> a, lot of, have, a lot of ladder work. You, yeah. You ladder work. <laughs> yeah, we're we're having to stack them pretty high now in order to uh, get uh, get them all in the building. Mm-hmm. It's getting that's more like drinking more. on a ladder. Right, right. No, we're looking at uh, setting up another building just for the hours. Really? Yeah, another building. Yeah. Just bought the building you're in. My God. Eh, you know, this isn't a Monopoly game. This is, this is uh, Conquer the World. Are you some real money? Or are you, you, is this drug money? What are you, how are you getting all this cash? Drug money. Yeah. yeah. Smart. Well, porn money. Smart. Porn, that's right. Porn's porn, a drug. Porn, dr- porn drug money. Back yeah. to your roots. <laughs> exactly. I am the Kunta Kinte of uh, homebrewing and porn and uh, drugs. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Uh, well, I'll tell you, uh, there is also... Uh, the need to express yourself. That's right. Some do it through pornography. Some do it through the <laughs> labels on their homebrew. Labels. Homebrewing is a bad expression. You, you make the beer you want to, to make, and it tastes the way you want it to taste. Why not make it look the way you want it to look? Well, Grog Tag, they can help you make it look the way you want. 
your labels, the the dream you have, you they can make it a reality. So you use their pre-made templates or upload your own artwork to create the best thing about your beer, the labels. Well, the best thing about your beer is labels. I'm sorry. That's not so great. When it's homebrew, I'm saying, the la- the la- you know, marketing and labels do do matter. Hey. And that's going to set. If you're the, in the twenty percent that makes great homebrew, right? Get these labels, put that on there. That's going to kick gonna, you over the top. You're going to be have the best time of your life. You, you became very Trump-like right there. Oh, was that you, with yeah. the hand what, motions? I got big, those are big hands. Yeah. No labels, very you bad. Have much bigger hands. Yeah. No labels are very bad. Very dumb. No you labels label are bad. Them. You know they have generic labels you can get. Right. You right, can just right. write on them and just use them over and over again. But they've got everything from uh, custom bottle caps, metal signs, coasters, oh, even handles, all outlined with uh, whatever kooky thing you can come up with. So head over to grogtag.com today, enter the code uh, JAN, January 17, and take 10% off your order at grogtag.com, JAN 17. Um, Very creative. I, well, I would say this. <laughs> When two beers are being presented, the one with a better label yep. is going to taste better. If, if you had two beers that tasted it's the same, a, it's just a pride. You, you could take you could take yeah. two of JP's oatmeal stouts, <laughs> two God, different bottles, God same beer. You. you slap a really nice label on one. You you know write something on a post-it note and stick it on the other. Which one tastes better? I guarantee you the one with the beautiful label. Sure. There's a beautiful label I there made right go. there. Oh. That's Taryn's dad. Wavy locks brown. And it's, it's a grog tag. Look at it. Comes right off. Right. You stick that You could reuse that multiple yeah. times. Yeah. Take the next Sweet. Box. I've had this on this bottle probably for two years now. PBW soaks. Yeah. Star sand soaks coming off and on that's, to show that's everybody. quality shit. And it's right back on. But, and then you uh, can put it right back on. It's so cool. That is going to... That's going to be the one that tastes better. People are going to appreciate it. Huh. I, I guarantee that's you. That's my experience as well. It, it worked for you guys. You guys thought that was the better beer. The other one had no label on it. <laughs> that's exactly why Fucking I work. appreciate that one. Yeah. Right. UED. <laughs> Let's take a short break. When we come back, we'll hear more with uh, Chris and his uh, barrel mastering uh, experience right after this. First Amendment. Watch out! Do you like beer? They make beer. Watch out! Do you like friends and fun? They make friends and fun. Watch out! Do you still like to have a good time? The 21st Amendment. Watch out! The 21st Amendment in San Francisco, located at 563 2nd Street, two blocks from the building where baseball is seen and played. Try their beers in the pub or try them in the can, featuring... Monk's Blood. Made with real monk. Watch out! So why not have the best time of your life? Go to the 21A and Sean O'Sullivan will personally greet you with a can of... Monk's Blood. The 21st Amendment. Watch out! This advertisement is not in any way affiliated nor associated with the 21st Amendment Bar and Pub, nor its subsidiaries or affiliates. This telecast is not copywritten by the 21st Amendment for the private use of the Brewing Network. Any use of this telecast without Jamil Zanishev's consent is prohibited. Suck it, JP. Hey there, BN Army. Have you heard the latest at Hop Tech? Since Hop Tech has doubled in size after a huge expansion, Jade and Roberto can stock even more of the best quality homebrewing supplies and equipment. Over 60 kick-ass varieties of hops and malts, monster truckloads of quality brewer's yeast, including white labs, Y yeast, and multiple dry yeasts. 
They even have all grain systems from Grain Fathers and Ruby Street Brew Systems. Thanks to Jade, the brand new all grain brewer. And don't forget about their 10% discount to all BN Army members. Jade and Roberto are waiting for you. And all of your brewing questions over at HopTech.com. HopTech, totally not sucking since 1983. Are you looking for a simple brewing system that's great for all grain brewing, but everything on the market seems to be full of compromises? Blickman Engineering has the answer. The Blickman Brew Easy All Grain Brewing System. The Brew Easy is a complete system with easy upgrades and a beautiful compact design, perfect for any size brewing location. At its core, the Brew Easy is built on two gorgeous Blickman Boilermaker brew kettles, a high temperature March pump, and either a top tier gas burner or the new boil coil electric heater. The Brew Easy adapter lid allows the pots to stack on top of each other, forming an efficient, strong, and compact brewing setup that comes in 5, 10, and 20-gallon batch sizes. Upgrade your BrewEasy system with full automated control by adding a Blickman Tower of Power temp controller and make moving around easy with the Blickman Kettle Cart. The BrewEasy is modular. If you already own a Boilermaker kettle, you can build your BrewEasy by purchasing just the modules you need. The new BrewEasy all-grain brewing system. See it today at BlickmanEngineering.com and brew with Blickman quality on your new BrewEasy. Now back to Jamil, Tasty, and Chicken Boy. This is Brewing with Style. All right, we're back. Hey, Chris, have you used the new uh, Brew Guru app from the AHA? I have. Just downloaded it last week. Sweet, isn't it? It's great. Works quick. And what it what it'll tell you is like Tasty was saying. Discount. Well, it's gonna it's, it's gonna discount. it it connects you to the database that the AHA has, which has got all the breweries in it, all the homebrew shops in it, every last you know restaurant and, and brew pub, and all the discounts that they offer, plus all the ones that are just registered and you know don't give you discounts. It's got those too, in a in a in a in a format where you very quickly can see what's around you, and it's like okay, well here's a nice nice place right here. It's a half mile away. Uh, but look, if I go three-quarter mile, I get one that's giving me discounts. Dollar off a pint. Uh, let me check that one out. That, sounds, that sounds like the first place to go. Off and if it's like good, it's great. great. I'm going to stay there and, and like I'm going to consume at uh, you know low prices. What was that accent, by the way? The, uh, yeah, I don't if know. If I go three-quarter mile, I'm going to go three-quarter mile. Three-quarter mile. I can go half mile. I can go three-quarter mile. I'll go half a June bug I, I could go a Nate's ass. <laughs> And get my discount. Yeah. I'm just saying. Go half a June bug. Half a June half bug. Half a June bug link to a Nat's ass. Yeah. Just, just a spitz creek down the down the, the lane here. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. You're ready you're so, ready to distill. You're pretty much offended like fifty uh, percent of our listenership. Yeah. You get alert. You got the moonshine uh the moonshine lingo down already. Oh yeah, I'm getting ready to distill, man. Get excited about that. Anyways, check it out. You can go to the uh, uh, the homebrewassociation.org, and uh, you can get this this app, the Brew Guru, for free on uh, all your regular sources. You don't have to be a member. Anybody listening not a member, right, right. which you should be. You can check it out, though, uh, for free. Uh, in the Play Store, the App Store, the little kid on the corner. Android, um, your your drug dealer probably has sure. it for you. Yeah. You know, all that stuff. 
And if you and if you can't get it, I'll give it, we'll give them your number. You can just ask them. Just call they me can up. Call up and, what's uh, good around here? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Don't don't contact me with travel advice. God damn it! I keep telling y'all, don't contact me. Going, hey, I'm going to travel to. I'm going to be in town. What's, what's good? Yeah, it's just such and such, and the, right. You've and somebody there. was like, "Well, I'm going to be in the Bay Area. Where should I go?" And I told them a hair ticket. Yeah. <laughs> they were just like, "Oh, screw you! You just want me to go and buy your beer?" And it's yeah. like, "Well, all right. So why the hell That's are you world. asking me? Welcome to my world. Yeah, why are you asking me, you bastard? If you don't want to come to Heretic." It's like, I don't know all the other places. I don't have time to go. I'm fucking working and making just beer. Just don't say, ask Tasty, okay? Thank you. I, I will. So I'll no, just I give me your that. email address. I'm just like, ask this guy. Jesus Christ. He'll take, he'll take you out. I'm so pissed off now. What the <laughs> hell? Also, uh, Google.com, bro. Yeah, exactly. Bear fucking Google beer. it. If you have a question as to where to go, have you heard of Google? Or Bing, or I'm sure uh, Fetch, Dog Fetch, or whatever it is, Dig Dog, I'm sure Brew that's Guru. The H-A-M. But you don't have to deal with it now. You do the Brew Guru. There you yeah, go. There you go. Check it out. Uh, Brew Guru. How do you get there? H-A. You know, the Play Store. Or Play Store. Or Play Store or App Store. Sounds perfect. Or your, your drug dealer. Chris, I wanted to ask you, uh, how did you get into this whole beer thing in, in general? I mean, were you, were you a home brewer or winemaker? How did you get into this whole thing? I've always been a fan of craft beer ever oh. since I started drinking. And back in college, I, I was always oh. the one with Great Lakes. That's what I came up on in, in Cleveland, oh. and everyone else had their natty light and looked at me weird. Then you had your good shit. Yeah. Right? But, uh, yeah. but yeah, then I started home brewing in 2010. Nice. Um, only did a couple extract batches before I dove into all grain. And, <laughs> kind of the way I started. Yeah, I've been doing that ever since. And nice. I mean, I started out just wanting to explore what could be done with beer and yeah. tried brewing all these crazy off-the-wall styles with all these adjuncts and different things. Pushing and, the edges. Huh? But, yeah, I mean, that kind of got old. And after who knows how long with 10 12% beer sitting around, it, I can't find enough people to drink them because <laughs> yeah. they're so high in alcohol. Well, and you're I just started, much, yeah, focusing too on... Much beer. On uh, your basic styles and right. trying to perfect what I like to drink. Did you enter competitions at any point? Or? Um, a few. Uh-huh. I wasn't huge into competitions. Sure. I, I Everybody is. Son of Bruzilla. That was the big one back in Cleveland, and I got nice. a, a few medals in that. But nice. yeah, I, didn't, I haven't entered that many really. Oh. Only NHC one year. Did you bring the home brew club at all along the way? Or? Uh, no, that's Brewing fine. Network was my home, blue, well, home brew club. Yeah, I, there you I, go. I, I didn't Very really common. have yeah. a, a local one nearby sure. me, so I always now, glad to be assistant. down Brewing Network. For how that, did yeah. you develop your palate, or how did you? What do you uh, attribute your palate to? Um, I would just say a lot of tasting of different beers. I would typically, when I visit a brewery, I'm not the type of person that's just going to go and order my favorite beer time and time again. I, I always go for the flight and try everything they have mm-hmm. just to expand my palate and my style knowledge and kind of figure out what's good, what's bad. And uh, GABF also, that's another thing I try to hit every year. And mm-hmm. I always look up the winners 
from the year before and do my homework so I can try some good stuff. Yeah, it'll be there. Hey, I got I got throw that out. Don't um, tell me about your beard, Jamil. <laughs> I appreciate that's, that's smart. You have a plan when you go in there. I remember every time I go into GBF and I walk in there the first day, I look up and go like, I have no plan. I never have a plan. You yeah. have a plan. You you know the last yeah. year's winners, and you yep. get those while they still have them on tap. Yeah. This year's winners, time you get there and the Saturday session, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, they're probably gone. Some of them are, some of them aren't. Yeah. I mean, usually you can get some of them if you get to the popular styles quick yeah. enough. But I know some breweries will hold those in reserve, sort of yeah. thinking that they mm-hmm. might win. Especially the competition breweries that they know they've got in. Yeah. All right. So you weren't into the competitions as much. Uh, so how long were you a homebrewing uh, before you uh, got a, a check from uh, a brewery? About five years. Nice. I would say five years. Yeah. Good amount bunch of, of batches. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It was. It's a lot of fun, and with my original job out here, I didn't have a whole lot of time to dedicate to keeping track of homebrew. So yeah, it happens. Working for Heretic on the weekends kind of yeah. satisfies that the itch focus for me. Yeah, you didn't have to worry about <laughs> do I have the ingredients? Just go there and start working. Yeah, yeah. And then, uh, do, do have you made, as a homebrewer, did you make any sour beers at all? Any any barrel beers? Yeah, I did. Oh, cool. Yeah, I, I actually, last show that I was on for the Belgian specialty. Oh. Uh, brewing with style. I brought yeah. in one of my sours. That's right. Well, that's the other thing. Yeah, it was excellent, as yeah, I recall. Yeah, it's really good, yeah. Yeah. Thanks, yeah. Oh, that was another, another deciding wrong. factor in, in offering Chris a job. Yeah, it was a... Right now, we should charge you for the services that we provide here. <laughs> oh, screw you. Uh, yeah. yeah you You've gotten two employees out of, should, out of the I, Brewing I, Network. I should <laughs> charge the Brewing Network. You should. Oh, don't tell Justin. Um, he knows. Well, <laughs> uh, I think uh, we got one more break. We got one more break, baby. I think we take this this break. Okay. And when we come back, I want to hear from you, Chris, in in a nutshell, what your advice is on you know uh, anything tasting and blending out a, a great beer because um or you know how to you know how to taste a beer as it relates to the homebrew scale i mean what would what would people do how, how are they gonna apply you know give them a lesson on you know improving their their aged beers or their you know i'll tell you what i'd like to hear about is what denotes a bad barrel what flavors are bad well, I think you talked about that initially, but did? Okay. I think I'd I think, love to hear it again. You know, to to I'm extend really that out because I think that's a good point, JP. Because there's a lot of people that maybe you should focus on this, Chris. In your when we come back, <laughs> people taste their homebrew. Yep. And they're like, it's the greatest thing in the world. And then they shove it in your face at the conference, and you're like, my God, this is rank. And how do they think that this is great, great beer? How can th- – what what do they need to do to learn to uh, differentiate between good and bad? You know, between holy crap, that's bad, and this is palatable. Even that kind of <laughs> – that kind of level. So think about that. Let's take a short break. We'll be back right after this. 
The Vault, created by White Labs. The Vault is a collection of new, creative, and unique yeast strains from around the world. These strains have never been available to homebrewers. Most have not even been available to professionals. You have the power to release the yeast. Through The Vault, White Labs is giving you the power to decide which strains are put into production and giving you the opportunity to brew with these strains. Visit whitelabs.com slash the vault and pre-order the yeast strain of your choice and encourage your friends to do the same. Once 250 pre-orders have been achieved, White Labs will put that strain into production. The strain will be mailed directly to your doorstep, ready to make the beer you've always wanted to brew. This program was created with the home brewer in mind. White Labs is relying on you to help release these strains, which may blaze the way for future new and unique beers. Help release the yeast. Visit whitelabs.com slash the vault. Since the first time the Brewing Network microphones turned on, more beer was behind it. More Beer sponsors the programming on the BN because, like you, they love brewing. And like the Brewing Network, they love sharing their knowledge. MoreBeer.com isn't just a website to place your next equipment or ingredient order. MoreBeer.com also gives you access to free beer information that will make you a better brewer. Go to MoreBeer.com and click into the Learning Center. You'll find podcasts, technical facts, video tutorials, and more, including access to The Buzz, More Beer's social network of more than 5,000 members. And some of them might even be crazier about beer than you are. Get over to MoreBeer.com today and take advantage of The Buzz, The Forum, The Learning Center, and make sure you're signed up to receive the newest More Beer catalog. More Beer, bringing you absolutely everything for beer making. Since 1979, Williams Brewing has offered the finest equipment and freshest ingredients and the best customer service in the business. New at Williams is the innovative line of Intertap forward-sealing beer faucets with interchangeable spouts, as well as a new grain mill motorizing kit that features a gear motor that spins your mill at the correct 180 RPM without the need for hazardous belts. Also new is the Mark II Wart Pump, a magnetic drive high-temperature pump that starts at only $69.99, but does the job of pumps costing twice as much. Other exclusives include their Brewer's Edge mini regulators in many configurations, as well as their exclusive line of Keg King kegs and Keg King disconnects. Go to williamsbrewing.com to browse their vast selection. From now until September 30th, enter web coupon NETWORK at checkout with any order of $75 or more and get a free Williams Brewing baseball hat with your order. Now back to Jamil, Tasty, and Blise. It's Brewing with Style. All right, we're back. And I want to tell you about uh, my good friend Nico and his Nico Brew. He has the hops you are looking for. And his Nico Brew. Nico and his Nico Brew. It sounds like a uh, barbershop quartet. Have you heard him sing Barbershop? <laughs> no. Oh, I'm telling you, there's nothing sweeter than Nico and his quartet. Barbershopping uh, it for you. I love it. Uh, from your standard recipe staples to those hard-to-find 
exotic hops, mm. and they're super fast turnaround. You'll be brewing in no time. Their hops are nitrogen flush, vacuum sealed, and mylar packaging. Make sure you get the freshest hops available. If you are after wholesale hops, like for your homebrew club or for your small uh, professional brewery, just go to pro.nicobrew.com. Uh, and you can buy 44-pound boxes of your favorite hops and no retail account of need. need uh, no, re- <laughs> there you uh, go again, moonshine talk. Right. No retail or wholesale account needed. Uh, <laughs> check out the new Nico Bruce swag, like onesies, teas for toddlers, and even something for you grown-ups out there. I say send naked photos of everyone. You need the onesie, send the naked photo. You need yeah. the toddler, send the no- naked photo. You need the They're adult crotchless panties too. Those are yeah, send the photos for that. Crotchless panties. He needs to know how to size these things for you. How right. is he going to know? How, big is that how thing? yeah, right. Your schlong going to fit through this thing? Yeah. Or your 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 giant vagina going to fit in this thing? Uh, by the crotchless panties, he needs to be able to size it. I would suggest taking a a, a yardstick or maybe a ruler. Holding it up to your crotchal area. Yeah, it's for reference, yes. Taking yeah. a photo. Ben's writing this down. She's taking notes. Uh, step one, yardstick. <laughs> step two, your crotchal area. Right. Step three, photo. Right. Yeah. Step four. <laughs> Nico Bruchwag. Should I go slower? Step four, <laughs> send it to Nico. <laughs> so that's the Nico Guaranteed Fit program, huh? Guaranteed that's what it fit. is. That's right, right yeah. exactly. Yeah, if, you're, if you're ordering the Nico Brew crotchless panties... You really need to send a picture of your crotch to Nico. <laughs> He'll probably send you one back. He will send nudes. <laughs> I think. I mean, he's already wearing a skirt half the time of his life, anyways. It's fine. Right. Right. This well, is this no is how pass. it works. This is you know. You buy some hops Very too. Scientific. Buy some hops too. It's well, mathematical. It, 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 but he's. It, it would take a commercial you know? brewer to explain it to you. Well, check out NicoBrew.com <laughs> for all your hop needs. Great guy. Yeah. Um, Good dude. Somebody won't pinch me in the junk after uh, hearing this. So there you go. My good friend, Nico. All right. So, uh, Chris, give us uh, the synopsis. Give us the uh, what you learned about, um, you know, uh, making great, uh, you know, blends of barrel-aged beer or things like that. Why people should even barrel- blend I think people, you know, when you're a home brewery, you're like, I make a batch. That's what it is. You don't have much choice. Nobody, yeah. nobody does any blending. But I think one of the best things I did was to save some beer and blend it later on and try different things and barrel age and all that stuff. That's when, like, the world opened up for me and, and, and the amount of flavors and uh, capabilities. Control you had, yeah. You never know what you're going to get when you're... Blending different barrels together with different ages, mm-hmm. different beers at some points. I mean, um, the flavors are not just additive. Sometimes you you make a blend and it's just almost magical. All of a sudden, it opens up some other flavor that wasn't there before. It's like, well, where did that come from? Right? Yeah, yeah. I really enjoyed the the worry this year too. That mm-hmm. turned out great. Back when we we packaged that, um, right, right, just. That was a it, tricky one. It was a tricky one. That the, was so many different beers and so so much different time. Do you remember and, a particular beer or and Brett and or changes you made that made like made it pop? Do you remember anything like oh that's it or just the worry, the worry? Yeah, yeah. With the Brett, 
Yeah. I see. We had some barrels that weren't showing the bread character. I see. And then I'm just like, dose them with bread, more bread, more bread. We did. And they went from like brown, lifeless to blonde and yeah. popping. Oh, really? The, the color yeah. even changed the color change. significantly. It yeah. ate the color? Yep. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That's just cool? the one hungry bugs. Our it was, it was amazing. And wow. it turned out to be a great beer. With, and all of a sudden, the Chardonnay just rose up out of the ashes. Oh, the barrel character came through. Dried yeah. it out. Oh, yeah. yeah. Just made it It was pop. being hidden, huh? Wow. How did you know? Jesus, that's great. Wow. Well, uh, Michael Lewis was saying Brett can consume yeah. oxidation, and oh, any yeah. yeast can consume oxidation. That's right. That's right. Uh, that's why I was like, oh, just add some Brett, and we'll, we'll get that thing. Hmm. Yeah. Exciting. How much of that did you uh, think you packaged or when, you, when it was finally available, just roughly? 50 cases? Was it... Uh, I think it may have been like uh, 50 or 60 barrels of beer, wasn't it? Or It was or yeah. 45 or something like that. Nice. I think we had close to 20 to 25 barrels, wooden oak barrels of beer. So Which each one's each about one, two barrels of beer. Yeah, yeah. yeah so that's right. about so right. So it was 40 to 50 barrels, and then there were some that didn't go in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then uh, there's waste... When you're finding it and all that. Huh? Yeah. Nice. Bunch of good beer. Well, I, you know, my advice to people would be, you know, when you have a beer, you know, that's got some potential, but maybe it's, you know, uh, you know, maybe barrel age, you know, get into barrel age and get several barrels, you know, smaller barrels for homebrewers and just give them a try, save some there. kegs yeah. and do some blending and some experimenting. I think uh, I'll get some buddies who are doing barrels and get together with them and you know blend together, make mm-hmm, a small mm-hmm. little portion together. Yeah, yeah. Well, there you go. Don't be afraid to wait on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A lot of times you'll you'll have a pretty good beer after right. six months right. or so, but I know we let that incubus go another six months. And right. It just got right. Really we ended good. up like nine months, yeah. and that's that's sketchy and scary in a <laughs> bourbon barrel aged beer. <laughs> You know, we yeah. we never went be, beyond yeah. I think three or six months before. Mm. Went to nine, and it turned out spectacular. Mm. Yeah, there you go. That's why I'm really really thrilled to have you, Chris, uh, working on this with us, and you know, tasting these things, and I trust you. You know, thanks. That's, thanks. Uh, it's a lot of fun for me. So. Big for me. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. I enjoy it. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. The hand, handies all around. Send nudes, Chris. That's all. You, that's all you got out of the show. There you go. All right. If you enjoy this show, uh, thank you for listening, and uh, make sure to check out our sponsors. Check out WhiteLabs.com. Those good folks have been supporting the Brewing Network for a long, long time since Absolutely. the very beginning, and uh, you know, just about every show and uh, every every aspect, uh, they've been fantastic. So I think you should get on there. You should send a. Email to Chris at Ylabs.com and tell him how much you appreciate that they've been supporting the show. Um, fantastic dude. Yeah. And uh, they've been spending money on the Brewing Network to keep us on the air for a long time. If you enjoy this, you also might want to check out the brewingnetwork.com slash store. There's all sorts of goodies in there. There are T-shirts, hoodies, hats, uh, growlers, all sorts of goodies that when you buy those items, 
The profits go directly to the bottom line of the Brewing Network and keep shows like this on the air uh, for you to enjoy endlessly. <laughs> for free. For free. It's a deal. If you ain't paying for it, pay for something. Right. Until then, everybody, brew strong. And often. <laughs>